You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. We're starting a new series and I'm super excited about it. So let me pray and then we're going to jump in. All right. Well, Father, I'm so excited about this new series and I know that you are excited too. You love announcing the good news. Uh, to everyone that will listen. And so, Father, I thank you that this podcast is going to go far and wide and it is going to transform people's lives. I thank you for every single person that's tuning in. And I thank you, Father, that they are here by divine appointment. This is a right now word for them, Father, that is going to bring peace and joy and cause them to fall in love with you and themselves and other people and an entirely new level. And I thank you, Father, that this message is an unstoppable message, Father. Thank you that it is worth dying for. People have died because of this message, Father, including Jesus. And I just praise you that um, it's still alive, that the gospel is still true, that what it means about me and what it means about us and what it means about everything and all of creation, Father, is still true and that it's still uh is the power of salvation. And so, Lord, I just release that power. I release the power of Sozo, the power to be free, the power to be forgiven, the power to live as innocent children of God over this podcast, God. I release it and I thank you, Father, that there's massive transformation happen. There's a transfiguration that's happening as a result of people tuning in. And I just thank you for all of the juicy fruit that's going to come from our lives and from uh, just the, the the result of this revelation. So I bless this podcast. I bless our listeners and I thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, you guys, I'm so excited about this new series. It's called Drop the Charges. That's a great title, isn't it? Uh, I love the Holy Spirit's creativity and coming up with these titles, but I it's such a great title because it's such a great topic. And so today we are kicking it off. And I don't know how many, um, I don't know how many we're going to have in the series, but we're going to kick it off today with some foundational stuff. And I really am excited because the gospel gets me super pumped. So I'm going to try to breathe here for a minute and calm myself down a little bit so that uh, I am not rushing through everything and, ah, you know, in that place. So here's the goal. Okay. The goal of this series is for every single person that participates in it to get a massive revelation of this truth. You are innocent, okay? You are innocent. And not only are you innocent, but the whole world is innocent. I know, it's scandalous, it's scandalous. I know, it's like hard to believe. Like how can everybody be innocent when they're just acting so nuts, right? But the truth is, that is the gospel. The gospel is the proclamation that the human race is innocent. And so we're going to dive into some scriptures here that are going to let you know that I haven't flipped my lid any more than the Apostle Paul flipped their lid or any more than Jesus had flipped his lid or any more than John the Baptist had flipped their lid, right? That flipping your lid is actually a good thing in the kingdom because we're supposed to not live out of our fallen mind. We're not supposed to live out of our intellect and religious ideas about what is true. So we're going to kick off the series this morning by going to a couple of different scriptures. So... I am going to breathe and I am going to slow down because I want you to, I don't know, dive into this with me so that you are as excited as I am. Okay, we're going to start today. Where are we going to start today? We're going to start in John 1, 29. And I'm going to read this scripture out of a couple of different translations. But this scripture in John 1, 29 is 
John the Baptist speaking about Jesus. Okay. Now it says here in John 29, it says the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. Okay. So let's just paint the picture. John the Baptist, who knows? He's probably out, who knows? In town, out in the wilderness. I wasn't, it was, in, it was like, it doesn't even say here, but the point is he sees Jesus and Jesus is coming towards him and he makes this proclamation. He says this, he says, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay. He says, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says this, this is the one I meant when I said a man comes after me who has surpassed me because he was before me. Okay. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing was water with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. But here's what he says. Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Okay. Now I want to read this in the uh, mirror translation because I want to break out this idea that Jesus takes away the sins of the world. Okay. Some translations are really, um, I don't know, don't, uh, really say this correctly. Like one transla translation says, forgives the sins of the world. No, this is not what that Greek word means. It means to take away. It means to lift off of some someone or something. It means to lift off, to, to remove, okay? Take away is a much better translation. And if I read it in the uh, mirror translation, let me tell you what that one says. And there's a lot of really good information in the mirror translation because Francois does a great job of explaining the Greek behind this. But here's what he says. He says, the next day, John saw Jesus approaching him and declared, behold, the Lamb of God. This is the one who would lift the sin of the cosmos, like an anchor from the seafloor for mankind to sail free. Okay, let me just read that. Isn't that beautiful? It says, behold the Lamb of God. This is the one who would lift the sin of the cosmos like an anchor from the seafloor for mankind to sail free. Okay, so John the Baptist is announcing here that Jesus's mission, that Jesus is the person. This is God incarnate. This is the one that was existed before John, existed before the foundation of the world, by the way, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, right? God, I mean, Jesus, who is God, didn't just begin to exist in his incarnation. No, he existed before time began. He's the word of God. He was there in the beginning. He was the word that would speak that, that says, let there be light. I'm the light of the world. Okay. Jesus is the alpha. He is the beginning. Okay. Nothing was created without him. We know that he became an incarnate man, right? And that's who John is referring to here. But you need to, we need to raise and elevate our idea of who this Jesus Christ actually is. But here's the point I want to make is that his, his purpose was to remove, was to lift, was to take away the sins of the world, the sins of the cosmos. Okay. So. It's not just about forgiveness. It's about atonement. It's about removing. It's about extracting sin from the planet. Okay. So this gospel is way bigger than maybe what we thought. Okay. And in this, in this series, we're going to go deep into this and you're going to get happy. I promise. If you believe the gospel, you get happy because it's really good news. Okay. Now I want to go to a different place and I want to go to, let me see. Let me think about where I want to go next. Uh, I want to go to first John now and I'm going to stay in the mirror translation and I'm going to go to first John chapter two 
And here's what I want to read uh, in 1 John chapter 2. It says this, my darling little children, the reason I write these things to you is so that you will not believe a lie about yourselves. Okay, I want to say that to you guys this morning. Dear children, the reason that I do these podcasts and the reason that I do what I do with Emerge and everything that I do is so that you won't believe a lie about yourself. Okay, here's, we're going to keep reading. It says this, if anyone does believe a distorted image to be the reality, we have Jesus Christ who defines our likeness face to face with father. He is our parakletos, right? The one who endorses our true identity, being both the source and the reflection of the father's image in us. I'm going to read that again because it's so good. It says, if anyone does believe a distorted image to be their reality, we have Jesus Christ who defines our likeness face to face with the father. He is our parakletos, the one who endorses our true identity, being both the source and the reflection of the father's image in us. Okay, Jesus Christ is the source and the reflection of the father's image within us. Man, isn't that beautiful? But here, let me read um, verse two now. It says, Jesus is our atonement. He has conciliated us to himself or reconciled us to himself and has taken our sins and distortions out of the equation. Okay. In other translations, it says that he is the propitiation of our sins. That's really not a great translation either because propitiation really, um, it, it infers penal substitution. It infers that, you know, he took God's wrath or there's something like that he, he took something, he, he reconciled us to God by appeasing God. And that's not the real best picture of this. No, it's more the word of atonement. Okay. Meaning the removal of the cleansing of the, uh, uh, uh lifting off of the extraction of the sins right? The sins of the world. Okay. The sins of the world. This gospel message is a universal message. What Jesus did on the cross is he took the sins of the world into himself. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. He loved the world. He loved the world. The world is what God was doing. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, the cosmos to himself. It was the undoing of Adam. Adam was a universal thing too. And Jesus, he was removing what Adam had done. He was the last Adam. He was removing what Adam had done to the human race. And so this means something, you guys. This means something about you. This means something about every single human being that has ever lived and that will ever live. There has been an atoning work. There has been a once and for all sacrifice. Jesus died once for all. And there it has been a a complete regeneration of the image of what it is to be a human. Now, granted, not everybody knows this. Not everybody believes this. People are walking around with a distorted image of themselves. But guess what? Even believers, even people that know Jesus are still walking around with a distorted image of themselves. But guess what? Jesus Christ is the source and the reflection of the Father's image within us. And you, as a result of this, have been proclaimed innocent by God. And you have been, not just you, by the way, every single person, people that have not heard this good news, 
Just because they haven't heard the good news or believe the good news, it doesn't change the good news. Human beings are innocent. God has done the redeeming work through Christ to make us innocent and blameless in his sight. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one, just to you know reiterate this point. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. And here's what it says. Um, oh my gosh, I, it's so good. I'm just going to read starting in verse three, even though it's not really part of this message, but it's just good. You need to hear it. It says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. Verse four, okay, it says, and in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Let me say it again. In love, he chose us before the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, listen to this, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan gives him, brings him great pleasure. And since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Okay, I could keep going, but I want to say this. In love, he chose us before the foundation of the universe and ordained us that we would be seen holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. Who? There's so much I can unpack about this. Okay, first of all, let's talk about that. We are, we are innocent. We are holy. We are blameless, it says in other translations. God sees us as perfect. He sees us as Jesus is. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Whether we know it or not, whether we've been told that or not, God's, God's opinion of us is settled. Jesus's opinion of us is settled. The Holy Spirit's opinion of us is settled. We are innocent and not are we not only are we innocent but guess what they are innocent too the us and the them has been swallowed up in one new man and the one new man is christ and we are all innocent we are all innocent whether we know it or not now if i'm going to do a series called drop the charges then it makes sense why the foundation of this series needs to be the reality of our innocence. Because we have been declared innocent by the king of kings, by the judge, by the ruler of it all. We have been proclaimed innocent. And we have been proclaimed innocent not because of our good works or the things that we've done in the body. It is because of what Jesus Christ solely accomplished on the cross. Your innocence is rooted in the finished works of Christ. Okay, now when you get this, 
you will start to read your Bible different. You won't start reading it. You won't keep reading it as something you need to do to be good or a set of rules that you need to follow in order to be innocent. But you will start to read it as because I'm innocent, this is the way that I act. Because I'm no longer under the law, because I've been proclaimed innocent, because I no longer have to play the blame game and I no longer have to live according to a set of you know performing rules and, and try to live up to some type of self-righteousness, because I've been free from all of that, now I'm free to love. Now I'm free to have peace. Now I'm free to have joy, right? So we aren't doing something to become something. No, we've become something and now our actions flow out of that. Because why? It, identity is everything, you guys. And when we believe a distorted image of ourselves, well, guess what? We have distorted behavior. And that's the power of righteousness. That's the power of innocence. It's the power of the gospel is to, to say, no, you have not only just been forgiven, you've been recreated and you've been recreated holy and blameless in his sight. God sees Jesus when he looks at you. He sees the reflection of himself when he looks at you. And so Romans chapter eight, verse one starts to make sense. Now there is now therefore no condemnation for them that are in Christ. And God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos, reconciling the universe, reconciling the fallen, distorted world to himself. And now you are innocent. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about in this series is that judgment has no place in the new creation. Okay, let's talk about the original creation, right? Because we know what happened in the original creation. There were two choices that Adam and Eve had. They could eat from the tree of life or they could eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And judgment and blaming and sin and distortion come from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that tree, okay, think about this. Before Adam and Eve ate that tree, they were running around naked as a jaybird in the, in the garden, not even aware that they were naked. Okay. They were naked and unashamed. There was no shame attached to their body. There was no shame attached to their sexuality. There was no shame attached to, uh, they weren't self-conscious. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't conscious of themselves, right? They lived in the perfect love, the perfect paradise where they were free. But as soon as they ate of that tree, as soon as they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something happened. You know what happened? Their perception shifted. And when their eyes were opened, you know, it says their eyes were opened. Really what happened is their perception was opened, right? Their, a distortion entered and self-consciousness entered the planet. And they became like God, quote unquote, even though they were actually like God before. But how did they become like God? <laughs> because they began to see themselves as God. And they began to see themselves as the judge, as the judge of good and the judge of evil. They became gods in and of themselves because they became judges. 
and they came judges, which, ju- you know, I say judgers because that's the verb form, right? I don't know if it's good English, but you get my point, right? That they became the judge of good and evil. And beloved, since that time, that tree has been causing the human race to continue to form a distorted image of themselves. Man, this thing kicks in when you are so young before you are even conscious that you're doing it. Every experience that you experience that you go through in your life, you have made a judgment about. You were taught right from wrong. You were taught good and evil. And you were taught, if you grew up in church or heard the gospel, or frankly, if you've just been around the fallen planet, which I'm assuming all of us have, unless you've been living in some alien planet, right? You were taught that there is something wrong with you. You've been taught that rewards come when you are good and punishment comes when you are bad. And we have been avoiding punishment ever since. And we, we create all kinds of incredible internal coping mechanisms so that we maintain our own relationship that we are good and that we are not bad. And one of the ways that we do that is by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if we can judge others as bad and we aren't as bad as others, well, you know what? It must mean that we're good. And as long as I'm good, I'm avoiding punishment. And so therefore, it there's a little bit of a reward that happens when we judge things, when we judge people. And we have this litmus test in our own minds and our own consciences that is basically evaluating good and evil, good and evil, good and evil, good and evil. Okay, but here's the thing. Jesus came to completely annihilate our relationship with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and this relationship with the rules that describe what is good and what is evil. And instead, he put himself back in the role as judge and he decided in his role as judge to become a man and take judgment in and of himself, undo what Adam did and decide once and for all that human beings are good. Because Jesus Christ has reconciled all of that to himself. Now, if you want to argue with that, you can argue with the judge if you'd like, but it still doesn't make you the judge. It doesn't make you God, right? Now, in our, in our distortion, we may think that we're God and that we have the right to judge and that, you know, my judgment is right and your judgment is wrong. And gosh, talk about every Facebook argument that exists on the internet today, right? We're all arguing for what's right. We're all trying to prove what's right. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm righteous, you're not, right? You deserve X while I deserve mercy. Or we do it to ourselves, right? We judge ourselves constantly. We're constantly evaluating ourselves against the standard of behavior that is perfection that is impossible for any person to do apart from Christ because there's none perfect except for God. And God has imputed righteousness to us. God has put his own righteousness in us. God has given us his perfection as a gift. By grace through faith, we're saved. We're made perfect. We're made whole. We're delivered. We're sanctified. We are made new. And in the new creation, you guys, it's not about eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil anymore. It's about eating from the tree of life. It's about eating from the person that is the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ. And we have been put into that tree. He is the vine. We are the branch. And now we are a part of that. We are a part of the Trinity. We are part of the, a part of the fellowship of the Godhead. We are the body of Christ. We've been united with God and we are now one with him through the 
the crucifixion, the burial, the uh, resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. We are a brand new creation and we are innocent. And our relationship with judgment needs to shift. And what it means is that we have to begin to drop the charges and we have to begin to take on an identity of our innocence, of our unstained innocence. And that, beloved, as you do that, guess what happens? You actually become a righteous person that believes the gospel and now starts to operate in the fruit of the spirit and, and, and love the way that God loves because judgment just clouds all that. You begin to love yourself. You begin to love, you begin to love God. Why? Because this is such good news. It's almost too good to be true. And you go, Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you for making me innocent. Thank you. Thank you that you're not counting my sins against me. Thank you that you are keeping a record of wrongs. Thank you that as I learn how and grow into the fullness of stature of Jesus, you never change your opinion about me. You, you've settled it in your own heart that, that you see me as Jesus is. And now all that's left to do is for me to, me to believe that and for me to believe that and not just for me, but for everyone. You can't just take the, the tree of life and, and not share it. You can't just take the, the, the atonement of Jesus and the fact that he's taken away the sins of you, that he's made you innocent, and then still treat everybody else like they're guilty. Again, not because of the way they act, not because they know it or not. You're exalting what Jesus has done. You're exalting the, 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 the magnitude and the, 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 the extent of what Jesus actually reconciled to himself, you are magnifying the cross. You are magnifying the resurrection of Jesus. You're magnifying this new creation. You're magnifying your understanding. This is what actually happened in that moment is that anything and everything that would separate us from God's love was swallowed up in Christ. That, that it was like an anchor removed from the bottom of the sea and our sins were separated from us as far as the east, as far as from the west, meaning it's just infinite. The forgiveness is intimate, 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 yes, but infinite. And it is, it is, it is finished. There's nothing else to do but just hear it and believe it and drop the charges, right? We have to let go of this relationship with the law, of this relationship with performance, where we are lovable when we act good and we are punishable when we act bad, right? No, love is unconditional. God's love is is unconditional. And, and the Holy Spirit is here just to continually remind us, no, you are free. You're free from this law. You're free from judgment. You're free you don't have to hold men's sins against them either. You can forgive. You can let it go. And the only reason people are acting the way that they're acting is because they don't know this either. They're operating under the law. They're operating in a terrible relationship with themselves. They don't love themselves. They don't value themselves. They feel unworthy of love. They're looking for love in all of the wrong places. They're, they're acting out to get their needs met because they don't know who they are. They have a distorted image of themselves. And guess what? You're not in a position to judge them because you do too. And so we're all in the same boat together. We're all in need of this free gift. We're all in need of revelation of that, of our innocence, you guys. And guess when, when you need it the most is when you are guilty, 
when you actually have messed up, when you actually have broken a law, when you actually have lived uh, a lie and you have done something that's unloving and unloving and something that that causes you to be unworthy of love. No, gosh, this is when you fall in love with Jesus the most because Jesus shows up and stands on the side of sinners. He stood on the side of the adulterous woman. He stood on the side of people that were rejected and, and untouchable. He, he went and talked to women. He talked to Samaritans. He picked his disciples from the least likely group of people. He was about, listen, this isn't about following rules. This isn't about deserving love. This is about you recognizing that God is father. God is your source, that you were recreated in his image and you look just like him. You haven't been trained to act like him in this distorted fallen world. And so, yeah, you've got a sin habit. You've got some things that, you know, you need to, yes, that need to get off of you for so that you can live free. But honey, I understand why you do the things that you do because you believe lies about yourself. You've judged yourself. You've judged yourself and you've judged others. And it's time to come out of all of that. You are a princess. You are a prince. You are an heir. And I'm bringing you home. I'm bringing you home to me, inside of me. And you live in my kingdom and you live in my palace and you are royalty. And I'm going to train you. I'm going to instruct you in righteousness. I'm going to instruct you in your new identity. And I'm going to teach you how to be royal and how to own royalty in humility and in gratefulness. And you're going to receive mercy and you're going to receive my love even when you want to run because you're ashamed. That shame is not the clothing that you wear. You wear me. You wear my glory. My glory is inside of you. And it's okay. You can come out of hiding and you can come home and you can be loved. You can be loved not because of what you've done, not because of, of, of what you haven't done, but you can be loved because of I created you and you're, you're my idea. And I love you so much that I became sin for you. I took the blame. I took the blame. I took the fall. I took the consequences. I took the punishment. I took the chastisement. I took it for you. I didn't take it to appease my father. I took it, I took it to appease you. You're the judge. You're the judge. You're the one that's filled with murder and hatred in your hearts. And it's only because you're, you don't know who you are. And I'm here. I'm here and I love you and I chose you. I created you. You're, you're my idea. I've been, I've, I've known you, not just in your mother's womb, not just before you were born. I've known you since before time began. You were in my heart and I chose you and I adopted you and I made you my own and I reconciled us so that we could be one, so that nothing could separate us again, so that I could live in you, so that I could live through you, so that you could feel loved, so that you could know what it's like to be accepted when, when all the world has is rejection for you, when the whole world is judging everything. You just know that I am safe and I love you and I choose you and you can do nothing to mess this up because I completed it all for you. I completed it all as you. I did it for you, beloved, because you're worthy of my love and I am love. And guess what? I get to decide who's worthy. I get to decide who I love. I get to decide that I choose them all. I get to decide that every one of my children is worthy, worthy of me dying for because healing the human race is my 
joy. It's my joy. It's my pleasure. I don't care if I get my hands dirty in sin. I'll wash the feet of sinners. I'll get into the dirtiest parts of your lives. I'll get into the parts that you can't even look at. And I'll get in there and I'll wash you. And I'll do it with my own blood. That's how much I love you. That's how much I choose you. That's how much I desire to be one with you. And there's nothing you can do to stop me because you didn't, I didn't ask your permission. I didn't ask your permission to save the human race. I didn't ask your permission to save the world. I didn't ask your, your permission to become a human. I didn't ask your permission to create you. I'm your source. You're my idea. I'm the God. You're not. And obviously, if you're just tuning into this right now, you're wondering what the heck Shalise is doing. I'm speaking as Jesus. I'm speaking, I'm prophesying over you as Jesus. You are loved, you are perfect, you are holy, and so is everybody else. And so stop being so angry at yourself. Stop being so angry at everybody because they don't know it. And they're acting out of their pain. That's why I tell you to go visit prisoners. That's why I tell you that what you do to the least of those, you do to me. Why? Because I identify with the least of these. I identify with the worst sinners. I identify with the wicked. I identify with the ones that don't deserve it. Why? Because they're lost. They're lost in a fallen system. They're lost in a distorted identity. They're lost. They don't know up from down. And guess what, beloved? You wouldn't either if not by my grace. So you, you can't judge. You can't judge. You can't judge yourself and you can't judge other people. Love is the answer. The gospel is the answer. Innocence is the answer. Righteousness is the answer. Me imputing myself, me putting myself in you and you waking up to the redemption that I have completed. That's the answer. You loving yourself unconditionally. You loving people unconditionally. You standing on the side of sinners, whoever they are, because it changes by the moment. Right? One day you're in, one day you're out in this fallen system. So whoever's out, stand on that side. Whoever's in trouble, stand on that side. And then, and then you'll be following the way. And then you'll experience me because I'm in that. I'm in it. And I'm in you. And it is time to drop the charges. Ha! <laughs> It's funny. I wanted to say Shalise is right, but it's funny. You know, it's, it's when you're, when you're operating as one who's actually talking. Is it Shalise? Is it Jesus? I don't know anymore, especially when I'm doing these podcasts because beloved, the heart of God is here. The heart of God is, 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 is in this. And I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about this proverbial eye, by the way, in this series. And actually, I'm going to be talking about it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow at the time of the recording of this podcast. Tomorrow I'm going to be doing the word of the month. It's March. I'm a little bit late because I had to reschedule some things last week because I was under the weather and needed some rest. But tomorrow I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be unpacking this idea of I. And I think it's pretty interesting that I'm, I'm wrapping up today's series or the first episode in this series today, prophesying as Jesus and and entering into this place of union, it's like, okay, you know, it's so strange. It's like if somebody tunes in, they're thinking, what is she talking about? I'm saying I am God, you know, but <laughs> I'm going to unpack it more in our word for the month tomorrow, beloved. But here's the, here's how we'll wrap up today. The I that you identify with is not your real I. The me that you identify with 
is not the real me, okay? The them <laughs> that we project out there in our separated, our separated consciousness is not the real them, okay? There is a place of reconciliation. There is a place of oneness that exists in all things. This union that Jesus has accomplished, this oneness that Jesus has accomplished, the reason that we're innocent is because we're one with Jesus. We're one with him, guys. And Jesus is innocent. And as the Apostle Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ in me. See, there is a revelation of innocence that comes from union. And Jesus meets us where we are in our separation and our separated mindset and our distortions that come from that and our judgments that come from separation. He meets us in that and he brings us back into a place of feeling worthy of love and feeling humbled in the sense that if we're worthy enough for it, then what would ever make anybody else unworthy of it? And it, it levels the playing field and it gives us permission to drop the charges against ourselves and drop the charges against the entire world. And I know there's things going on in the world. I know that there are politicians that we've, you know what, we've got some judges, judgments about. I know that there are streams of Christianity that we've got judgments about. I know that there are people that are in other religions. Heck, we, maybe they're practicing witchcraft. I don't know. They're doing all kinds of things out of distorted images. And we've got judgments about that. But beloved, I'm telling you, if we really want to see a massive transformation in the world, then we've got to get out of the judgment seat. And we've got to get into <laughs> the mercy seat. And we've got to sit down in heavenly places in Christ. And we've got to take a new position and a new, we've got to have a new perspective. And it starts with our relationship with God and the way that the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the way that judgment has distorted our image of God. It, talk, it, it starts with unpacking the way religion and rules and the tree of knowledge and the good of evil has distorted our understanding of the gospel and frankly distorted the translation of our scriptures. And it starts with unraveling the way that those things have caused us to have a relationship with the rule. I mean, religion is, it, it propagates more of it. It propagates separation. It prop, I mean, if the gospel you're hearing makes you feel like, you're not one with God, something's missing. And then we've got to reconcile in our own minds. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to reconcile our relationship with ourselves and we've got to stop living out of a distorted image and transcend that thing into the new, new identity of who we are in Christ. And we got to stop playing judge with ourselves. And then, and only then you guys, can we then begin, because I'll tell you what, those who have been forgiven much, love much. Um, when you receive something, you can give something. And, you know, 
when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he said that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, he was kind of talking about this kind of this process of reconciliation. And we don't love God because we're good and we're separated down here apart from Jesus loving God. Oh, I just love God because I'm just so I'm just trying my darndest to love God. I don't know God because it's a, I got a distorted image of God. I'm actually afraid of God and I'm afraid of hell and I'm afraid of all of these things. But I'm, I'm doing my best to love God and be good and, you know, try to get some blessings. You know, we got to We got to We got to heal the distorted image of God by realizing that God first loved us. And he loved us before the foundation of the world and chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight before we even, he said, let there be light. And before we ever were born, before we ever sinned, before we ever even knew we were judging, this is finished. From God's perspective, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. From God's perspective, the lamb was slain before Adam ate the tree and it all went to hell in a handbasket, right? It was before that. Jesus came in time to walk it out and to make what was finished before time happen in time. But this thing has been settled from God from for, 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 for ever, from infinity, from Jesus, from, from ever, alpha, from alpha, right? But we have to, to realize that we're loved because when we, when it's that love that we, when we hear the gospel, we just go, my gosh, I have been made innocent and holy. And you've lived with yourself your whole life. So you know, apart from Christ, you have not been innocent or only, <laughs> if you're honest, unless you're a goody two-shoes who can't, you know, is so busy judging everybody else that you actually think you're good. You know, and you go, wow, this is incredible. This is incredible. I just love you, God. This is so good. I don't know what to do with it. All I know to do is love you and worship you and be so grateful. Like you start to worship God. You start to be grateful. It's a, it's a byproduct of being loved. It's a byproduct of the gospel. And then you go, oh gosh, if God loves me this way, if he sees me as innocent and holy, I've really got to deal with this way that I treat myself. And the Holy Spirit will make sure that you do. And you'll be like, wow, I really have a crappy relationship with myself. I really beat myself up. This inner critic in my voice yells way louder than the Holy Spirit. And plus, I've been raised in this religious system that I just think I'm a sinner and I'm so filled with shame. And every time I sin, I feel separated from God and I'm judged and I feel guilty and it's horrible. And I, it takes me, you know, three weeks to forgive myself and finally get out of that so that I can start to pray again or start to act like I, you know, deserve to, to even have a relationship with God. You know, it's just all this mess. And then you go, finally, maybe you get that and you're like, okay, I'm righteous. I'm holy. God loves me. I, I, I can love myself. I, I can love myself unconditionally. Okay. I can give myself grace. I can, I can relate to myself as, as one with God. I'm one with God. I'm one with God. I'm one with God. And then all of a sudden you can't, you can't, you can't be righteous and holy and blameless and then look at everybody else like they're not. And let me tell you, the love of people will explode in your heart. You will see two people. You'll see two people every time you see a person. You'll see. Who they are in Christ and they're that who they are perfect and blameless and innocent in the father's image that that Jesus is the reflection the source of their true identity and the reflection of the father in them you'll just see Jesus in everybody and then you'll see maybe the way that they're acting so you'll see a distorted image over here and maybe they're acting like an idiot maybe they're doing all kinds of stupid things maybe they're acting like a criminal criminal maybe they're I mean maybe they're doing some really hor horrific things but you'll you'll start to separate their distorted image that's operating out of their fallen mindset from 
the true image of who they are as a child of God and what a redeemed child of God, a reconciled child of God. And you'll begin to, and I'll tell you what, that's why God calls things that be not as though they are. It's why he called, you know, uh, Saul, Paul. It's why he called uh, Simon, Peter. It's why he called Gideon a mighty man of valor. It's why, you know, he doesn't take people that aren't like he doesn't, he takes people that are living in a distorted image. That's all, that's all there is. <laughs> Anybody that tells you different is a liar and doesn't know what they're talking about. Okay. That's all of us. We all are living under some distortion of this until we get a revelation of it and we go through this process of, of, of embodying union and, and believing the gospel. But that's a grace, you guys. It's, it's an act of the Holy Spirit. And, and man, you can just begin to drop the charges. You're like, boy, we're all messed up without Jesus. And the good news is we're not without Jesus. And I can begin to believe that I am innocent, I can, because God's opinion is the one that's that ultimately is going to matter, and it is the one that matters all the time. Other people's good opinions are like the wind. Guess what? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil floats both ways. One day it's good, one day it's evil, right? And we cancel those that are evil because if we cancel those that are evil, somehow we feel good. We feel good when we put that criminal away. We feel safe. I'm not saying that we should change our just just listen to the gospel right now. Because yes, there's practical ramifications of it. There's prison reform. There's things to accomplish on the planet. But all of the things that we need to accomplish involve helping people live out of their true identity and let go of the distortions and start to unravel the mess that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has has made on this planet. We don't have to live under it anymore, beloved. But if we're not going to live under it, it means that we have to drop the charges. We cannot, cannot continue to judge. We cannot continue to hold men's sins against them while ours are forgiven. And I'll tell you, dropping the charges is a higher revelation than forgiveness. Because we forgive because somehow somebody has broken the rule and they have sinned against us. And so now we have to forgive them because guess what? We haven't sinned. We haven't broken the rules. Well, at least we didn't do that one. We didn't do that one to that person, right? So when we are offended with people, we're actually saying that we're more righteous than them. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, people shouldn't ask, say, I'm sorry, or own the things that they do. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is a perspective that it's an inner, an inner position of our heart that is steeped in self-righteousness and it's steeped in pride. And it's steeped in a default view of humanity that is separated from God. And if you want to live free and you want to live happy and you want to live peaceful and you want to live like Jesus because you're one with Jesus, then a part of that is stepping out of that separation, stepping into your identity in Christ and realizing, wait, I am innocent. Everybody's innocent. I'm in. We're all in. Whether they know it or not, everybody's in. Everybody's in, everybody's in, and my job is to reflect that. My job is to live in that. My job is to abide in that so it looks attractive to everybody and so people can actually see what Jesus looks like and that people might actually want to do the same thing, right? Because we're going to be known by our love. We're not going to be known by our judgment. We're not going to be known by our religious rhetoric. We're going to be known because people actually feel like they're accepted and they're loved and that they are seen and that they are known beyond their behavior and beyond whatever crimes that they have committed, whether they're small or huge. We are not known by our sin. We're known by love. We're not known by our condemnation of people. We're known by our unconditional pursuit of helping people get out of the distortions that are causing them to do those things in the first place. So 
Oh my gosh, I ran long, but I love you guys. And I'm excited about this series, if you didn't know. And it's going to be good. And also, mark your calendars, because tomorrow's word of the month comes out for March. And we, you know, it's already March 7th. That'll be March 8th when it goes out. But it's already, it's, it's going to be worth it. Because you know what? If it was supposed to come out on March 1st and it doesn't come out till March 7th, well, we just believe that all things are working together for good and that God's got to do now in less days what he was going to do if it was going to happen last week. So I love you guys. Have a great week. And you know what? We watch this, you know, and especially that part about when I kind of stepped into that prophetic stuff from Jesus. We all need to hear that. Man, we need to hear the gospel. We need to hear Jesus speaking to us, how much we're loved, how much we're ah, just the way that he thinks about things. We need to hear. We need to hear his voice. And it was good. So I love you. Have a great week. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.